1: Hello and welcome to episode four of The Promised Land, a show talking all things Manchester United, brought to you by 90 Min's Podcast Network. I'm your host, Scott Saunders, and I'm joined again by football journalist and United season ticket holder, Rob Blanchett. How are you today, Rob? It's been it's been a long, it seems like a long international break. We only just got started with the season and straight into an international break. Sapped all the momentum, but we're about to get back into it, aren't we?
2: Hey, Scott. How you doing? Yes, we are. And it's um, international breaks. You know, I'm not a great fan of international football, I'll be honest. I'm much more a club man. Manchester United is my bread and butter. Um, I can watch a bit of England. I cover it for work. But yeah, they, these international breaks seem to go on forever now. And then when we actually get back to the real football, as I call it, it, it feels like we're drained and tired and and had this traumatic three-match experience with England. But lots to talk about today. Obviously, Manchester United on the agenda. Uh, lots of things to cover. And obviously, the second debut of a certain Cristiano Ronaldo.
1: You can catch uh, myself and Rob on Twitter. I'm at underscore Scott Saunders and at underscore Rob underscore B. We're also on Twitter for the podcast as well, at Promised Land Mu. Please also subscribe to us through your podcast provider. We're everywhere now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google as well. And as Rob mentioned, we will talk about Cristiano Ronaldo's second debut, um, which everybody is expecting to come against Newcastle at Old Trafford on Saturday. And let's just start there, Rob. We'll we'll get into things like Donny van der Beek's interview this week and Jesse Lingard's future and that kind of stuff later on. But let's start with it just seems like our last three shows including the bonus after ronaldo signed have just been all ronaldo. um but there doesn't seem to be too much else going on. united fans and just football fans in general are kind of just obsessed with oh wow ronaldo's back and there's not really anything else taking over it. united haven't played a game since and you know it's i think i, I start to think now that things will ramp up a bit in the next few days and Once Ronaldo steps out on that turf, uh, we will get moving. So what are you expecting uh, out of Ronaldo this weekend or maybe out of United, Rob? Because Ronaldo's come in, he's 36 years old. That's very much overplayed. Everybody knows his age. Everybody knows uh, he's in the latter stages of his career. What does this mean? What does this move mean for him? What does it mean for United? Because there's a lot of expectation that he'll pretty much just slot into the team. Straight away, play every minute, play every game, be treated like he's still at his peak because he arguably is with his numbers, even if he has dropped off a little bit. Do you think he's going to play, he'll start this weekend and that he will play pretty much 90 minutes of every game? What do you see his role as being moving forward?
2: Well, well, firstly, I'm not surprised that United fans in the football world want to still talk about Cristiano Ronaldo signing for Manchester United, you know, one of the biggest clubs in the world and arguably the greatest player of all time. So that's going to drive content and the conversation for days and days and days. But yes, we actually have a, a proper football match coming up with United playing Newcastle and is Ronaldo going to play or is he not? You, you ask so what does it mean for for him and for United? I still think that Cristiano Ronaldo, as an individual, wants to kind of prove doubters wrong. Because even at 36, there are still people doubting Cristiano Ronaldo, both what he is, what he was, his legacy, and what he can achieve in the future. Coming to United is not the easy option. You know, the easy option would have been signing for another club where he would have been the big biggest fish in a smaller pond. He could have gone to America. That's something that we all know that he would like to do eventually in the MLS. And at 36, you wouldn't have been surprised if that's where he went. You know, he could have gone to somewhere like PSG. He could have gone to Manchester City. But he came to Manchester United. It's probably the toughest of all of the challenges, simply because of where United stand in global football today. Now, obviously, commercially, there are points here as to why United signed him and maybe also why he wanted to align his CR7 brand back with Manchester United. Those things are all valid. They're all very true. But in football terms, can Cristiano Ronaldo help Manchester United win? I think the unequivocal answer to that, of course, is yes. Does it solve United's problems in midfield? No. Does it solve all of United's issues? Absolutely not. You know, United can be the most dysfunctional team in the world at times. But Ronaldo coming back to United is important. It's important for the Premier League and it's important for Man United fans. And it's important to now have a structure going forward about how you get the most out of a striker who scored over 750 goals in his career. You know, that's obscene when you just think about that figure. Yes, he's getting older. Yes, United have got other options. There's youth in the team. There's lots of talk about chemistry. Will it work? Will it not work? You bring someone like Ronaldo in because you have that opportunity. You don't want him at another club. You want him at your club. And you want to see what you can do. It's now, in you know, the ball is in Oregon and Solskjaer's court. He has to find a way to make it work.
1: Are you expecting him to start against Newcastle?
2: Personally, yes. And I know lots of United fans are suspicious, like, you know, the old adage at United, there's a player comes in and you give them time to settle in. Someone like Jadon Sancho, you know, he, he has a bit of a knock. You let him kind of come into the team off the bench and you give him a start a few games later and you do it like that. But we're at a different point of the season now. You know, preseason is kind of finished. We are still there trying to get players fit. But Ronaldo's played the international games. Obviously, he showed, he showed against the Republic of Ireland that he's still very sharp in front of goal. And he's played goals as well. He's played games for Juventus. He's been part of their preseason, So he is essentially fit. So... You know, our show's going out today. Ronaldo is training today. He trained yesterday. He's very much part of the Carrington setup. I don't think, with a player who's 36 and as experienced as he is, that he's coming in to score you goals and win you matches, that you just break him in slowly. You know, he's not uh, a peripheral figure, uh, he's always had incredible levels of fitness. And I think that he will start. I think United will want that pop of him coming out in the starting 11 and having that feeling at Old Trafford. Of course, in other scenarios, people might have said, oh, yeah, coming off the bench and all of this. I don't think we're going to see any of that. I think United will go from the get-go, get him on. I think he's more likely to start and maybe play 70 minutes as opposed to maybe coming on in the second half and playing 20 minutes.
1: I think I'm with you there. There's an expectation for match-going fans at Old Trafford on Saturday to pretty much see Ronaldo. I don't think the club are going to make this sign and then, for some reason let them down, as I've seen some reports suggest this week. Just didn't really make a lot of sense to me. You mentioned there that he's already in training. He started on Tuesday uh, and that's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So that's four days worth of time with the team. And he's met the manager as well. Uh, There's been some pictures floating around social media. United have very much milked uh, the Cristiano Ronaldo return home content for retweets likes etc etc over the last few days and you can't blame them really can you
2: no it's 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 potentially United's biggest signing of all time it really really is like United have signed some great players over the years and there's different levels as to when a a top player comes to your club what what the objective is you go all the way back to say 2002 when Rio Ferdinand came and that was a big thing you know world record signing for a defender and you can go through the the annals of time and look at Bruno even up to now where Bruno Fernandes arrived at the football club and maybe there was less expectation but United fans obviously were looking for a new saviour and now we kind of going back to the future you know we've got uh, a someone that everyone knows what he can do and it's no surprise that people just want to talk about this you know Ronaldo can drive the conversation until we're all literally blue in the face so uh, I I think the you know, the, the script is written for him to to start against Newcastle. I'm not surprised at United are milking it for all their worth. Like, can you imagine the amount of shirts that they'll be selling at Old Trafford on that day? If they sell out, which is one of the predictions, that will probably be the first time ever, I think, at Old Trafford on a match day that they've sold out of someone's shirt. Ronaldo is big business. He's a United legend. And for him now, this is kind of, to to finish that legacy, to kind of that legend that he carries, he's not played for United for 12 years. It's a really long time. So he has to now maybe put the full stop on the conversation in these next year or two with his football talent and help Manchester United win trophies once again.
1: I do think United lack, or have lacked over the last few years, that person who can just... Turn a game in a moment. Maybe they haven't had too many of those, and we saw against the Republic of Ireland in his last appearance for Portugal. Now I think we touched on it in the last episode, but it's just the inevitability about Ronaldo um, and the know know how of how to score a goal. His goal record is just insane, and yeah, I've, I've actually encountered some uh, criticism uh, from you know on, on Night and We do a, a YouTube show twice a week, uh, feature alongside fans of other clubs: Chelsea, City, Arsenal, Tottenham, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, Liverpool. I don't really know what it is, but there is a little bit of criticism there. I don't know whether it's jealousy. I, I think if, if Ronaldo had managed to sign for City, I think this would have been completely viewed in a different way for, in a football perspective. It just seems like, I, maybe it's because I'm a United fan, but I've just felt a little bit like the criticism is only happening because he's, he signed for United. Um, I did want to, when you were talking there, Rob, I had a flashback to about three, four years ago where I don't know if you remember this or whether you were actually exposed to it that much, but there was an argument that United star had fallen so much that they can't attract the big names anymore. And I actually do agree with it. I think this is the biggest sign in United probably ever made. And that's really put that to bed this, this summer now uh, with uh, the arrival of Varane, Sancho and, and Ronaldo has really put that to bed. United are United back in that sense
2: I wrote many articles around that time that you're referring to about it. And people know that I'm a bit of a moderate. I'm a bit of a neutral. I kind of look, try to look at it from both sides and give an, you know, a a, a subjective opinion that's based on somewhere around facts. I think that when you go back to, let's say, the period of Van Gaal or the end of the Ferguson era going into Moyes. And United didn't really sign anyone around that period. And then went to the Mourinho period where Ibrahimović and Pogba arrived. Ibrahimović and Pogba arrived at Manchester United on its knees in the Europa League. So, no, I disagree. And I said it at the time. Manchester United are one of the few clubs, because of their whack in terms of cash, in terms of standing globally, that they can attract pretty much any player in the world. In any standing in any position and it's very rare there's only a few clubs that can really do that so for instance if Liverpool were out of the Champions League I think that they would struggle to attract people if Manchester City were out of the Champions League they would struggle to attract people Manchester United are not that club they're different it's a different beast it's a different animal so I don't think the United are back in adverted commas I don't think they've gone anywhere in that period what's happened is they've had bad management Bad recruitment, poor ownership, and all of those things together have have kind of formulated this toxic football club. And what we might be seeing now, maybe in the next year or two, and hopefully with obviously the sign of Ronaldo, but more importantly, the signing of Varane and Sancho, is that toxicity moving away from United, that they actually become genuine contenders again. And you see it in United fans, don't you? Like a lot of people listening to this podcast today, you know, this this self esteem issue that United fans have now, based on the last eight years, you know, United fans need to put it aside. Forget it. United are still United. They're still one of the biggest clubs in the world. It's now about making all of these pieces work together. You know, United haven't fallen off the cliff in the sense that they are not in the conversation. They came second in the Premier League last year. You know, they got to a Europa League final. You know, and I will say this: Europa leagues don't mean anything to me. FA Cups don't mean anything to me. I know fans always get hyped about. About trophies and silverware, and it's all about silverware. And give me a league cup, and I'm happy. I don't think of it like that. I think the project's more progressive. So I think United are in a good place, but I don't think they've ever been anywhere. I don't think that that Ronaldo. I don't think Ronaldo wouldn't have come three or four years ago if we weren't where we are today. If he was in that position, if you get what I'm saying. I don't think that stops plays. It didn't stop Ibrahimovic. You know, at that end of his career, saying. I fancy going to Manchester United. He didn't stop Paul Pogba at the top of his value, the top of his career at Juventus saying, no, I want to go back to that football club that I started my career at. It didn't stop any of those players. And I don't think it would stop players either in the future Whether I don't think players come just based on the chance of success. I think the idea of playing for United and being part of the history, and also maybe earning three, four, five hundred thousand pounds a week, that's quite a nice thing as well. I think all of those things together make Manchester United a very attractive package.
1: I've had to I've had to bat off those arguments for a few years, so it's nice to (laughs) hear somebody uh, you know kind of echoing the sentiments that I've had as well. Uh, If there was any doubt. About it, whether you're a supporter of another club or not, this is pretty
2: like, much. Like is, it, is it going to stop Mbappe going to Real Madrid? And Real Madrid are a mess. Real Madrid are absolutely in the worst state they've been in for 20 years. They've got no money, their standing is slipping, their revenues look awful, their owner is probably having some kind of psychotic episode with how he wants to run it. And he was still willing to pay the best part of 200 million euros for a play that he can get for free in six months. So, is it going to stop Mbappe going, I'm not going to Real Madrid because this club's in a mess? It won't. He will go. And I think Manchester United are one of those clubs as well. Players really want to go to that team because they have an affiliation with them or they feel that that they could do something for that club. Then they'll go. It's not always based just on who won the last trophy.
1: Let's move on, shall we? Uh, I'm very much there with you, Rob, but I wanted to pick up on something that you did mention uh during during that little segment. The toxicity. Now, where has that gone in the in the United fan base? I think it's gone towards the midfield area. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of doubt or disagreement with how United are you know setting out their plans in midfield, the the personnel they play in there. Uh, McFred obviously gets a lot of criticism. And on that topic, Donny van der Bake Uh, this week has done an interview uh, with Rio (laughs) Ferdinand on his channel on YouTube and it was a little bit out of the blue but I think really, really welcome uh, for a lot of United fans who maybe haven't heard too much of him over the past few years. Oh, he's been there for a year. His agent's been doing a lot of talking but it was maybe a bolt from the blue and Donny van der Beek actually pretty much head-on addressed... The questions that maybe a lot of fans have been asking. So I'm just going to read out some. Uh, if, if you want to check out this interview, by the way, it's on uh, Rio Ferdinand's uh, YouTube channel, I think Vibe with Five. I'm sure you've seen it already. But uh, he mentioned that he'd started quite well, scored in his debut against Crystal Palace. Um, but after that, it's difficult. If you're not really in the team and you wait for your chance, it's not easy if you're not playing, not for your confidence and everything. It's normal that you need to have time to adapt. But of course, you're not happy. I want to play uh it's hard to deal with i train really hard every day try to improve and just wait for my chance that's the only thing i can do and he also spoke about the speculation about him leaving the club for someone like everton in the transit window uh, he mentioned he spoke with ollie and said uh that the club had pretty much shot down any attempts to take him away he said I spoke with a manager in the club and they were clear that they want me to stay here. The manager was really positive about me and he said, I need you and want to keep you here. What I see now is a different Donny. And he was really positive. So what did you think of that one, Rob? Because there's a lot of clamor to see Donny van der Beek play in the double pivot uh, as uh, United fans have become accustomed to alongside a a Paul Pogba, for example. Because I think with the arrival of Ronaldo and the, the amount of players United have in attacking areas... How much will we see Paul Pogba on the left? Maybe at times, but perhaps not as regularly as we were seeing. I'm not sure. Um, but maybe that means Pogba drops, up, drops into midfield. But then who do you play alongside him? Now, van der Beek has insisted or pretty much said that he could play 6, 8, 10. Uh, and he hasn't really had his chance in that double pivot yet. So what, what did you make of all that, Rob? It was quite interesting.
2: Well, firstly, I do a, a tactical show called The Masterclass based on Manchester United tactics that goes out every week after every game. Uh, so we talk about these things all the time, about suitability, who does what, why they do it, why Ole picks systems. And obviously, we all know United play four two three one. Now, yes, van der Beek said in that interview that he can play six or eight. He's happy to play them. He's played 10, obviously, at, at Ajax. So he's got that acumen to play different midfield roles. But the truth is, like you just said there, you know, playing Pogba and Van der Beek in double pivot, United could do that. Then United would lose every match, pretty much every match. You got no chance. If you're doing a double pivot role in a 4-2-3-1 and your two players in the double pivot are Paul Pogba and Donny Van der Beek, you will concede goals. Simple. That's the end of it. That's exactly why Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't do it. So why has Donny Van der Beek not played matches? Well, two or three different reasons he was brought to the football club to add weight to the midfield that's why he was signed from Ajax to have someone who could do different things to maybe have someone who g- gives you rotation at the top end of the pitch with Bruno Fernandes But well, what we've seen with Manchester United is that when Bruno Fernandes doesn't play United are in trouble so what happens Bruno Fernandes plays simple as that Paul Pogba people talk about him as a number six as we're seeing now, and I've, I've talked about this again repeatedly, Paul Pogba is much better at the other end of the pitch on the left-hand side of a midfield free behind a striker. We're seeing returns from that now. So it leaves Donny van der Beek in a kind of precarious position. Obviously, he's not played a minute of football yet this season in the in the Premier League. He's going to ring his own bell. He's going to say, I can do it. He's going to say, I can be a number six. I can be a number eight. But I tell you what, Donny van der Beek played over 30 games last year and he kind of proved that he can't do it. So this is the difficult scenario we're in now. He did also say in that interview, which was really interesting, that the manager had said to him that he now sees a different Donny in adverted commas. You know, this is what he'd seen, a player who looks different in training. Now, we know that Donny is bulked up. He does look physically stronger in preseason. He does look more mobile, but he's got to wait. You know, you don't get anything given to you at elite football clubs. You have to earn every minute you play. Every second you're on the pitch is about you and what you can do. So when Donny gets his chance, I hope that he he takes it. And I'm sure he will get chances this season. But if we see what we saw last year, that Donny van der Beek will not be at Manchester United much longer. You know, he'll either be gone in January or the following year. And I think that Ole does want it to work. You know, like Donny was his signing. People say that, that he was a club signing, that the Glazers bought him because they got good value, et cetera, et cetera. That's not true. It was sanctioned by Ole. He was a player he wanted. But I just don't think Donny's cut it. You know, he's just not cut it. I've watched him so closely every second. Too slow on the ball, not progressing the ball. If he was in the number six now in the pivot and he was doing what he was doing last year, it's, it's, it's not football science to see why he doesn't play games. It's obvious he wasn't good enough and people might moan about Fred they might moan about McTominay when you go and dig into their stats there are reasons why these boys are starting games Fred in the top 10 percent of uh, midfielders in Europe in percentiles for across the board people don't like that but that's truth this is what the manager looks at football fans might not like what they see stylistically but there are reasons why Donny van der Beek has not started above Fred and McTominay
1: a welcome uh comment that donnie did mention i think he touched on it there rob about trusting the manager as well Uh, he's obviously not happy with the amount of game time that he's getting fans aren't either but he did say i need to trust him if he doesn't need me i think he'll let me go i think he has plans and i just need to work hard and hope that i can show people one day what i can do so i think he is ready uh to to give it a go when he gets a chance remains to be seen how long it will be until he does get that chance but you know he's done this in a I, 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 I found it quite welcoming. I thought he's done it in a respectful manner. He's done it through Rio Ferdinand. He's not really kind of sounded out without his face in front of a camera, if you know what I mean. And he's pretty much said, yes, obviously I want to play. I'm just going to address that. Everybody wants to play. But I'm not going to kick up a stink about it because I realise I need to work hard to get in the team. And at Manchester United, you lit, if, if United are to succeed, they need players like Donny van de Beek with the quality that he showed at Ajax to be on the fringes trying to break in, because that's how the standard raises.
2: You, you do, and you, you need players that are motivated to be able to do that and step up. Um, you know, we, we're constantly told that Donny van der Beek got to a Champions League semi-final with Ajax, and that he was, you know, Ajax golden boy of the year, you know, future star and all of these things. But you can only go by what you've really seen, and we can only go by the last 12 months. Now, people will rightfully say that Donny hasn't had... Loads of chances, but as I said, he did play in excess of 30 games across the board. Most of those obviously from the bench. I think he played he started six matches overall from memory. Those are bad points for Donny yeah, but there are reasons why he didn't play. You will play him if you think you're going to win games. This, this is the other side of it. Is that and the Solskjaer is not playing him out of any kind of preference? Ollie's job is to win games. I heard someone say as well yesterday that if you If you have a go with Pogba and Van der Beek, you know, giving them a go, let's see what happens. But what happens if you give them a go for three or four games? You lose four games. You've lost a championship. Title's gone. Four games, four losses. You're you're suddenly Mikel Arteta. So you've got to be really, really careful and professional about why things are done and why they're done in a certain order. I like Donny Van der Beek. Uh, I think what you said there talking to Rio I think you'll see more of this now in, in uh, months and, and years ahead is that rather than players whispering their discontent to uh, tabloid journalists and it being printed that you'll just see maybe these more kind of common frank interviews on YouTube where a player can be straight and, and I think Donnie was straight you know he, he did say you know I've not you know, I've not really been good enough. I'm trying my hardest. And he talks about the premier league being fast and physical. And he talks about that in a negative way, you know, that it's something he had to get used to. Well, he's been in England for 12 months. Now he did say about how much he enjoys life in the city center in Manchester. Now he's got to show on the football pitch that he is worthy of his place in the squad. Cause if he isn't, then he's the big reason why United didn't go and buy another midfielder because they've got one, but if he doesn't prove it, he will be sold and that will be used to fund a new face coming into the football club.
1: I think fans will be clamouring for that because new shiny toy is always the way. Uh, I just wanted to ask as well about a player in a maybe a similar situation, given Jesse Lingard hasn't had too much playing time himself this season. I think he's had four to six minutes against Southampton in the in the opening three games. And he did really well out on loan at West Ham last season. I think he's pretty much said he didn't want to go back there. And he has been looking to force his way back into the team. But this week, reports are that he's turned down a new deal. He's out of contract at the end of this season. And maybe the power is with him. But what what do you make of this Jesse Lingard decision to, to stay at United and to try and force his way in? And what what do you think happens here? Because there's a lot of quality in that front final third. And it's going to be difficult for him to break in. Uh, how do you see this next few months playing out with Jesse Lingard? Well,
2: I thought it was quite strange to actually see that he earned an England spot this time around for someone who's not really featuring for his football club. But yes, he, you know, he built up a little bit of a, of a legend last year, didn't he? With what he did at West Ham and that maybe he's carrying over into this season. Um, he's got two goals for England and he showed that he's still a very good player. Would I, as a United fan, want to see him start? For our football club the answer is no I'm afraid I like Jesse I think he's good I think he is uh, a good squad player but I don't think he's actually that great off the bench and I don't think he's an impact sub for Man United he's not Cavani that's what I see Cavani as you know give him 20-25 minutes you'll score your goal I don't really see Jesse Lingard changing football matches um, yes, Jesse has turned down a contract with United United. We're trying to obviously renegotiate terms. Uh, I think his, uh, his agent wasn't particularly interested. And I think it's more of a case of maybe running down his deal so he can get the optimum deal now at this point of his career. And you might find that then he goes back to West Ham. And I think Manchester United know this. So I don't think there is a big, I don't know, feeling to integrate him more at United. He will be part of the squad for now. Um, I do not see him having any kind of strange success at Old Trafford because of what he did last season. That He's going to suddenly pop up in the team. There might be injuries at any point in the next few weeks and he might get an extended run. But if you want to win the title, Jesse Lingard is not going to be the guy that takes you to a league championship.
1: And speaking of the title, United's uh, attempts to bring back the Premier League title, uh, restart this weekend with a game at home to Newcastle as we mentioned earlier uh pretty much expected that Cristiano Ronaldo will play we're speaking before uh the final matches of the international break so England haven't played yet so Harry Maguire Luke Shaw the likes of that will feature touch wood everything is okay uh but you know I just have to pick up the baton here and just win this game and start the momentum don't they
2: You've always just got to look at the next game. This this is what winning titles is all about. And me being a little bit older and kind of going back in time and thinking about the Fergie years and then maybe the years preceding that where United didn't win titles and putting them all together and applying that science to today. I think United fans have maybe forgotten that art, that it's about one game at a time. You know, we can all project and look forward and say we would like Ronaldo to score 20 goals. We'd like this player to do that. And how is it going to work? You've just got to deal with what's in front of you. Now, Newcastle United will be a motivated opponent. They've just signed Willock. They've, they'll be looking to, to do better than they did last year. You know They obviously don't want to have another relegation run. Steve Bruce himself will want to do well against his former club. And United just have to look at themselves and go out there and beat Newcastle. They're a team that you're better than. So we talk a lot in the last two or three years about... United's dysfunction and the reason why maybe the players feel as they do, why the fans feel as they do, it's time to put all that away. You've got a good set of players. Go out there and crush opponents. Win games in the first 30 minutes, not in the last 10 minutes. And that's how you become title contenders. And that's how you'll get Man City looking over their shoulder. If they see that United are comfortably beating the teams outside the the top four, you know, as I call them, the bottom 16, then I think... United can get to where they want to be. They've got a really good squad, but it's now about Ole finding answers to finding victories and three points every single week with little fuss.
1: So we are expecting Cristiano Ronaldo to start the game. Is it, I'm going to put you on the spot, Rob, is it written in the stars that he scores? Oh.
2: Yeah, I'm, 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 a credible, I'm a credible football journalist who, uh, as I said, does the moderacy thing. Um, I think if he starts, I think he will score. And I think that he, that, that has to also be the expectation, Scott. You know, like if, you, if you're if you bringing Ronaldo to your football club, like when Messi plays for uh, for PSG, he'll be expected to score every game or assist in every game because that's the level. That's what you're bringing into your team. You're bringing a winner in who's got the stats to prove it. This isn't Anthony Martial who hasn't scored for X amount of time. You know, This is Cristiano Ronaldo. This is the top level, the biggest player of his generation, along with with Messi. So I think that, that maybe the bigger question is, can United create chances for him? That's always a big thing. You know, Who do you play alongside him if he starts in a 4-2-3-1 as the number nine? You know, do you go uh, a little bit more gung ho? Do you play Bruno closer to him, or do you drop Bruno back a little bit more and play four-three-three? You know, when we talk about four-two-three-one and Ronaldo, this, the, the system's going to be very transitional. So there's going to be a lot of times where United do look like they're in a 4 four-three-three shape, but the the core shape is four-two-three-one. Can you get the ball from the double pivot into your three behind Ronaldo and then into Ronaldo's feet? Now, if you can do that, Cristiano Ronaldo's going to score goals. Yeah, if you get the ball to him in the box, one on one with a player or a Marco or in a channel, Ronaldo will score goals. But the first trick is getting the ball to him.
1: Very exciting prospect for United fans ahead of time with uh, Bruno Fernandes. And I've, I've seen a lot of this, Rob. Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo can't play together because they don't really combine that well for Portugal. We'll, we'll see that at club level now. That's a maybe systematic not. issue. <laughs> That's a maybe, si- maybe we won't see them failing together at club level. I, <laughs> I just want to make that clear, but we'll see them play together.
2: I talk sometimes about players and about how close they play to each other on a football pitch, like in terms of chess and where your pieces are. You've got to remember for, for Portugal, Bruno Fernandes doesn't really operate as a 10. He, he's much more of an eight and he's much further away from Ronaldo. He's at the top end. And quite often for Portugal, Ronaldo plays on the left of the attack. Uh, so they're 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 always a little bit apart from each other, and so their chemistry can look skewed. Um, I, I would expect at United that they will play closer, more tandem. So you might even see United, and I, I'm really not I'm kind of been mulling this over. You might see United go back to something like four four one one, which is not something you've would seen for many many years, but that might be the way you get the best out of Bruno. And Ronaldo just by letting them be at the top end of the pitch together and playing together and then saying to your other players in midfield that you're a little bit deeper, that you do the work and you keep the ball in that top end of the pitch with the press. So let's see how that works, because I think that's up to Ole to find tactics that get the best out of Ronaldo. If Ronaldo fails and say Bruno fails off the back of that, then it's good by Solskjaer. You know, he, he spent $411 million since he came to the football club. If he cannot find a way to win football matches every week, he will not be in the job very long. United will look to another manager to find a way to get the most out of these players who are on huge wages. So it, it's kind of a testing time for Ole. I still thoroughly back him. I still think he's the right guy for the job. But, of course, failure will be met with the harshest terms.
1: Definitely. And just before we go, Rob... We are not going to record until uh, United have actually played again in the Champions League. The Champions League campaign for United kicks off on Tuesday. We'll be back probably the following day on Wednesday. Uh, United have Atalanta, Young Boys and the dreaded Villarreal uh, in their Champions League group. Uh, just a little look ahead to that, Rob. What are we uh, We're expecting? A team of United stature and ability have to be winning that group, don't they?
2: they should be and I always think with the Champions League group stage you know it's part of a competition where there should be no fuss now sometimes you come up against better opponents and not this time United have got a fairly good draw but you should go through there to get nine points as quick as you possibly can and then go and get the 10th and 11th and 12 points to get through United made a huge mess of that obviously last time around that wasn't good they did well to start off with you remember obviously beating a team like Leipzig against a This generational coach for Leipzig is now obviously at Bayern Munich. United absolutely spanked them and got knocked out. Beat PSG, obviously, in that little run as well. That's not good enough. That's not what we want anymore. We need to find ways to get through. So I would like to see this Champions League start off being particularly boring. Go and win those games. Don't make a fuss ronaldo will obviously be a big part of that and that's another reason why you sign ronaldo is to navigate these group stages without really thinking about it you shouldn't be thinking about entering the knockouts and that's the kind of level united need to get to again to get to the final part of the competition while expending as little energy as possible
1: i was going to ask you if you think united should be among the favorites to win the competition but I, I, do we want to go there rob Do we want to go there? Uh, uh, Look, look, let's be straight up about it. Are they one of the favourites? No. Can they
2: be one of the teams in the latter stages and be in the conversation to win it? Chelsea won the Champions League last year. Chelsea were not a very good team last year. They sacked their manager midway through the season and they had all sorts of crises across the pitch and credit to Tuchel because he found a system that worked and they stopped conceding goals. And once you stop conceding goals, Scott, you can win games and you can win titles that Chelsea team won the champions league. They're not the best team in Europe last year. They're not the best team in Europe. Now the last time they won the champions league, they had a manager called Roberto Di Matteo. They weren't the best team then either. So Can Man United win the Champions League? 100% 100% yes. Of course they can. They've got Cristiano Ronaldo, Cavani. They've got Rashford. They've got Greenwood. They've got great players across the pitch. And we've been talking about Donny van der Beek today. He's not even in that conversation of maybe best top 10 players at the football club. And yet, we, t- you know, people talk about him like there's lots to come from him. So United have got opportunity to play players in these games and to get themselves in that conversation for trophies. Yes, they can win the trophy, the, the Champions League. I've got no doubt about that. But first and foremost... You got to get to the last four, and once you're in the last four, anyone can win it.
1: That's a good way to sign off. A little bit of uh, positivity uh, in a in a time of you know negativity. There's always something to moan about, especially in Man United's case. But it'd be good to have them back this weekend. Newcastle at home, three p.m. on Saturday, followed by a trip to Young Boys on Tuesday night. Enjoy those games, guys. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe uh, through all of your regular podcast channels, Apple, Spotify, Google Pods, wherever you get us. Follow myself at underscore Scott Saunders on Twitter and Rob at underscore Rob underscore B on Twitter as well. We'll be back after uh, the first Champions League game on Wednesday next week. And until then, have a good time. Enjoy the football and be safe. We'll see you soon.